Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Starting a new series on Hebrews, which is all about the glory of God and the greatness of God and the superiority of God and all sorts of big words like that. So we're going to delve in in this next season and I'm going to kick us off um, from Hebrews 1 verses 1 to 4 and Hebrews 2 verses 1 to 4. Really key verses here. Have we got our ears open today? Just the four of us. Okay, well that's enough. (laughs) Let's pray together, shall we? Father God, we want to thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Your word is power. Lord, there's nothing like your word. You've given it to us, Lord. And we're going to discuss it today, Lord. And without your Holy Spirit, it's impossible to understand your word. So, Holy Spirit, would you come to each one of us and open our ears, our spiritual ears. Open them, Lord, we pray. For the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's read this together. It's going to come up on the screen, all being well. Uh, Let's read this together. I'm sorry for the small type. I'll read it to you as well. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. Massive words, these are. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much more superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Can we have the chapter 2? So we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation, violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Wow. I mean we're starting in Hebrews, the writer starts right at the top. I mean you couldn't get much higher than some of these words. So... 
we're going to have a good time, hopefully today, with the help of the Holy Spirit. So let's have a look at this picture here. We've got a picture of something you, you might be able to recognise. It looks a bit bent on there, doesn't it? But there you go. It's, it, you know what a bike wheel looks like. Um, it's an ingenious design. If you've ever ridden a bike, I'm sure it's quite miraculous that you actually stay on. But um, basically, the, the, the analytics of a bike wheel is you've got... I don't need to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. You've got a tyre on the outside which gets in contact with the road. You've got a rim which provides the strength and you've got the spokes which go down to the middle which is called the hub uh, which take the weight of the wheel of, of the whole bike overall okay over two two wheels and it all goes down to that hub now today I want you to imagine the Bible as that wheel okay Verses 1 verse 1 says, In the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. So God is a God who speaks over a long, long time and in many, many different ways. Through 44 voices in the Bible and 66 books over 1500 years this is what your Bible, and I hope you've got it today, is all about. It's about God speaking to man. And he speaks to us through visions, through parables, through signs, through types. Many, many different prophets delivering different messages from God. Now it's not a, a message, it's not a story thought up by man. It's not about how we can improve ourselves, but it's a clear message. And the message basically, very basically, is this. Man has fallen, sinned. Man has left God. God seeks after man. And God rescues man. That's a very basic, what the whole story of the Bible is about. So it's full of these messages given through men, to men, prophets and teachers and kings. It's full of these messages from God to man. And each book, each prophet is like a spoke leading to that hub. And the hub is Jesus himself. So Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.16, he said, All scripture is God breathed. So these aren't words that a man has, has thought up and thought, well, I'll write that down. These are given by the Holy Spirit. They're God breathed words in your Bible. Incredible. There is no book like it. And Christianity is the only religion where God seeks after man. Many, many other religions, in fact, I've not found another one which is anything like Christianity, is mostly about man improving himself or herself and trying to perfect themselves to be good enough for God. These are what most other religions are all about. So we, as an example, we have Buddhism. So said to, to have been started really in 6 BC through Siddhartha Gautama. He was a rich young man in ancient India. He was a rich young man, a rich young boy, very sheltered upbringing. Uh, came from a very rich family. 
And one day he, he, walked, he walked, to the, walked the streets with his family, he was allowed to go out, uh, and what he saw really impacted him. He saw pain, he saw suffering, he saw poverty, and he saw death. And these things shocked this young man. And he was disturbed by it. So what he decided to do was to set out to find an answer to it in himself. And so he meditated under a tree for months. He was trying to find a way to escape this world of suffering of which we still see today and to gain a certain position where he could escape it or find an answer to it. He was after what is called Nirvana, not the group. And um, this is what he did. He sat under a tree for months and even years and he, he claimed to find Nirvana, a place of peace and kind of perfection. And Millions of people, millions, have followed this man. Hinduism is similar, where this physical world needs to be avoided. It's dangerous and all around us is failing and we need to transcend this, uh, this world by our behaviour. Uh, we need to love the animals and all these other things. And at death we can be reincarnated into a higher state. This is why you'll find in India that cows are walking across the street and can walk wherever they want because, you know, that could be one of your relations who's been reincarnated into a cow or into a fly, which is why animals are treated completely different where Hinduism is. It's very interesting, isn't it? So in different ways, these other religions believe man can attain a certain level before God or goodness of which is all brought from within. And that God is a distant God who we need to get to, we need to reach out to. But Christianity is wholly different. Christianity says that man is hopelessly lost. That's, you read Genesis. It makes it very, very clear that man is dead in sin. He's lost. He's sinned before God. And he cannot help himself now because there is a huge barrier between himself and God. So God has to come to rescue him. As I say, each prophet describes a little piece of that story of this rescue. Okay, so just as an overall basic view, we have Noah, okay, so he kind of described what area of the world the Saviour would come from. We have Abraham who described basically what nation the Saviour would come from. We had Jacob in the Old Testament who described what tribe the Saviour would come from. We had David the King who described that the Saviour would come from the family of Jesse. We had Micah in the Old Testament who described even what town the Saviour would be born in. Can you see how all these prophets work together for the glory of the Saviour? We have Daniel who even tells the time of the Saviour's birth. We have Malachi who speaks that there will be a forerunner who comes before Jesus to prepare the way, John the Baptist. And we have Jonah who even speaks of the resurrection of Jesus. All of these things, just in little pictures, 
amazing, like a jigsaw, there was a jigsaw over there, amazing jigsaw in the Old Testament that prepares this whole story for the answer to come. All pointing to the central hub on that wheel who is Jesus. There is no one like him. If you know him today, I'm sure you'll agree with me, there is no one like him. He is no religious leader. He is no ordinary man. And this is what we're going to delve into when we go through Hebrews. So who does Hebrews describe him as? So we're going to look at four things. We're going to look, look at him, Jesus, as the creator, the revealer, the sustainer, and the redeemer. Okay? A creator, a revealer, a sustainer, and a redeemer. So let's have a look at this first one. He is the creator. And what is a creator? Well, really, it's like an owner. Okay? All of the world is his. Amazing. Let me just read that to you. He says, All he is whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. <laughs> That's what the Bible says about Jesus that he made the universe. That's quite big. That's quite a big statement. And you'll find that all through the New Testament. And obviously, have a look in Genesis for yourself. There is no religious leader who used words like Jesus did. He was not just a good man, even though he was an incredible man. In John 8, verse 58, Jesus said of himself, Before Abraham was... I am. What do you think of that statement of Jesus? Before Abraham was. Now Abraham lived a few thousand years before Jesus came. And he said, before Abraham was, I am. And then he said in Luke 10 verse 18, he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. <laughs> that is the fall of Lucifer in heaven coming down. And Jesus said he was there. I saw that. Are we dealing with a normal man or another prophet when we talk about Jesus? See, Muhammad in Islam would never make such a claim as this. Yet Jesus did. So who is this that we have to do? Who is this that we're doing business with today? John says in, in, in his book, the book of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. Let me read it to you. It's too, it's too, it's too good to miss. Okay. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Listen to these words. <laughs> Seriously. Listen, we, we, we need to get real today. You know, I need to wake up. Because these words are serious. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of men. These are far more than words, aren't they? This is life itself. And these are the highest claims. So Jesus is the creator. He made the universe. I don't know whether you've been baffled by your own body before, by the intricacy and the excellence of your own body. Have you ever learned about your own eyes or how the heart works? 
I know some of you work in hospitals here and you know far more than I do. But the heart beats, and we need Benjamin for this, he works on the heart ward, but the heart beats about, about 70 beats per minute. So that is about 2 billion times in a lifetime. We're reliant, really, on our heart to keep us alive. Don't ever watch uh, 24 hours in A&E, it'll scare the life out of you. (laughs) But what about the brain? An absolute amazing piece of equipment. Intricate powers of thought and thought and, and meaning and, and how we work things out and you know even with my small brain I've you know I can, I can smell something I can smell like a perfume and it can take me back 25 years to a situation that happened the brain and that's small you know you've got Einstein the brain is incredible <clears throat> Now I'm going to just have a quick look at creation, okay? I'll watch, I recommend it to you if you've got BBC iPlayer, which you should have uh, if you're paying your licence fee. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, if you take a look at a programme called um, Voyager, it will talk to you about the incredible uh, thing they did in 1977 when they sent Voyager out of this earth and it's still out there. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. You watch it yourself. Voyager, BBC iPlayer. Uh, I don't get any cut in, in, in saying that to you. Okay, we're going to look at the moon, okay? Now, sometimes, we live in Manchester. We've actually got a clear day today. Make the most of it. But uh, living in Manchester, you don't see a blue sky very often, do we? It's mostly cloudy or raining. But uh, at night, if you have a look at the moon, you know, sometimes... <laughs> It'll be the craziest thing. Sometimes I'll look at the moon, it'll catch my eye, and I'll think, just a minute, I'm on a planet here. Do you you ever get that? I I, I think that's crazy. I'm walking on a planet. See, I think it's, I'm so full of myself that I forget where I am and who I am. We're on a planet. So, as we look at the moon, it's an incredible thing. It's not as squashed as that normally, I'm sure you know, it's more round. But um, it's covered in craters. You know why it's covered in craters? Because over, over thousands and thousands of years it's had collisions with meteors. Yet, on this earth that we have here, which has been given to us, this has been designed so excellently that it has an atmosphere around it that protects us from these meteors. Very little gets through, and I'm sure you've seen that, as space shuttle leaves our atmosphere, there's a time of burning up. What an incredible design. Now what about the sun, okay? Don't look at it, but I'm sure you enjoy it, enjoy it every now and again when you, when you head down south. Uh, it's about 93 million miles away, this burning star. Okay? Now, if it was any closer to us, you might know this, we'd burn up. Even if it was very, very, you know, a few inches closer to us, we'd burn up. If it was a few more inches away from us, we'd freeze. It's set at the perfect distance. And yet, this sun is so incredible, it's about a hundred times the diameter of Earth. Would you say that's big? Yeah, it is big. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny it. And we are tiny. And as we've been able to look deeply into the universe, especially since the days of Voyager, we have been finding stars which make the sun look like a speck of dust. 
Now, I read to you at the start of Hebrews that Hebrews says, as does the Bible, that Jesus is the creator of all things. So if Jesus is the creator of all things, he created these stars. He spoke them, Genesis says, he spoke and they were. How great is our God? I want you to talk to you today about you, why Scutty? I would have put a much better name on it than that. But there you go, that's what we have here. Let me talk to you about this star. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. So, basically, it's 1.1 billion kilometres radius. Now, I go for sometimes a 10k run, and that's quite a long way for me. It's just over six miles. This is 1.1 billion kilometres across. That is the sun, our sun. Now, guys, <laughs> who created this? I want to ask you today, maybe we need to raise up our faith level with the God that we serve. This star is 5,219 light years away. What is a light year? I mean, that's a lot of years okay but a light year is about six trillion miles I mean these things are out of our thinking and yet Jesus himself spoke and they were that's what Genesis said he spoke creation he didn't make it out of something like we do if we want to make something out of clay we need clay to make something like a cup or a plate Jesus doesn't need anything. He speaks life. Isn't it incredible? Are you knocked out? When I was preparing this word, I got to the point of thinking, who on earth am I then? That I'm so highly valued by this God. <laughs> it blows my mind and I hope it's blowing yours today because actually this should help us worship. If Jesus is the creator, he spoke that star. So who is this? Who is this God that we have to do? Yet our tiny, tiny speck of a planet is designed perfectly for life. I'm sure you, you know it. Maybe you watch some, some, some programs on nature with the, the amazing rain that comes from the sky evaporation, the weather systems, the heat, the oceans, the land, it's all plain to see. Romans says that. It's plain to see that there is a designer behind it all. Psalm 8 then says these powerful words, so who is man, who is man that you are mindful of him? What a question. And so right. Who are we? And we, we, the earth is a, is, a, is a speck of tiny dust and so what are we before God? So why do you care about us, Lord? Why are you mindful of us? Peter and the other disciples were in the boat with this Jesus we're talking about today. They were in the boat together and the storm came up, which was going to 
just drown the lot of them. And Jesus was in this, asleep in the, in the boat and, and the disciples were getting really worried about it. And, and they woke him up and said, we're going to drown if you don't do something. And he stilled the storm. When we're talking about those stars and things like that, of course it's a tiny thing, isn't it, to say to the storm stop. But he, he said stop to the storm and it was still. And the disciples said, who on earth is this who has power over the wind and, and water? And it's a fair question. I wonder, have we asked this, who is this God who we worship today? Is he like us? Is he a man? Yes, but who is he? Have we asked the same question? Is he just a religious leader to you? Is he a normal man? I want to say to you, he's like no other. So we looked at creator. We're going to look at, he is the revealer in verse 3. It says, okay, it says, He made the universe, the sun is a radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Wow, incredible words. Please read them when you get home as well. Let these words sink into you. He is the revealer, okay? So Jesus came to reveal the Father. He came to display the nature of God. What an amazing thing. That God became man to reveal to man who God is. The heart of God. Now many thought he would come in power like some incredible leader who would kill their enemies and set up a new system. But God came like this. And you know he came in mercy. He came in humility. This God who made you wise scutty. (laughs) That incredible star. He came in mercy. He came in humility. He came in kindness, grace, forgiveness, holiness. Wow. And Moses, one of the prophets, one of those spokes that goes down into that hub, um, showed his job was really, overall, was really to show man's sickness by bringing in the law, so which came to us, the human race, like a ruler, so a, a perfectly straight ruler, which set against us and showed us how wrong we were. And yet some people thought, oh, it's, we're going to have to try and keep that law. But that wasn't the purpose of the law. The purpose of the law was to show us that we're wrong. We're incapable of keeping the law. But this Jesus, this creator, this revealer came to fulfill that law so that our righteousness could be found in him. He came to do what we could not do. To live a perfect, sinless life. Man expected a distant judge and they feared him. And it's right to fear God in the right way. When you see what he can do and what he can create, it's right to have a healthy fear of God. But we see the other side that Jesus brought of mercy and humility and kindness and some powerful motorbikes. (laughs) So who is this God that we have to do? Amazing. He's the creator. He's the revealer of God and our state. Have you recognised who he is yet? Have you recognised who you're dealing with today? 
So he's the creator, he's a revealer. Thirdly, he's a sustainer. He sustains all things by his powerful word. What a, what a statement that is. All things, you know? I sustain the gas and the electric in our house by paying for it. And I sustain a few of our pets by feeding them. But God himself, through Jesus, sustains the planet. Oh, and that's big enough. But he sustains, sustains also the universe and keeps it all in perfect harmony. And sometimes I worry about paying my bills. Can you understand that we need a correct thought pattern, thinking, of who we have to do with today? Are we, are we getting this today? We need to increase our faith. I think that's what Jesus said to a lot of people when he was here, didn't he? When he walked around Israel, he said to a lot of people, Where is your faith? Do you not know who I am? And I suppose he would say that to, do, to us today in our situations. Do you know who I am? <laughs> it's only right if there is no God that we should be worried on this earth right now. Yeah, I totally get it, okay? I mean, you do too. You watch the news. You see the trouble in this world. We see pollution. We see the resources running out. We see wars, rumours of wars, terrible things taking place that man does to man. Yet Jesus tells us, yet be the answer in those things. Help those situations. Be respectful of the earth's resources, but do not worry because you have a great Father. Are you fulfilled with worry about your situation today? The only reason for that, if you know the Lord, to, if you know the Lord and you're still worrying, the only reason for that is you haven't really got to know Him that well yet. Because when you get to know him and you read this precious book and you read about who he is and what he does, you will find out he is a powerful God who is in control. He, is a, he has the power to keep the earth turning at the correct speed. He has the power to keep the rain falling when he chooses, the sun to shine and the oxygen that we need. And in, in, in Isaiah 34 verse 4 it says, He will one day roll up all of these things like a scroll. <laughs> like I would roll up a scroll, the Lord will roll up all of these things. How great is our God? Does this make you want to worship? I found myself sitting at the kitchen table starting to worship God. <laughs> because I was reading about these crazy things, that God, who God is, and my vision was so low thinking about my own situation and then it started to rise as I started to focus on him, not me. And that's what God wants us to do. Stop focusing on yourself. Focus on him. Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> yes. So, he's a creator, he's a revealer, he's a sustainer and fourthly, he's the redeemer. Now this is the greatest of all. This is the greatest of all. He's the redeemer. Redeem, if, if you redeem something, you go and buy it back. You claim something back that once was yours, you claim it back and you pay the price to get it back. Now this awesome God who I'm describing to you today, which I hope you know, this creator, this sustainer, this revealer, again, 
look at the stars, look at the power of his creation, this incredible redeemer, he came to earth as a man to rescue mankind. Again, think of the... Think of the glory of God himself. That Jesus was sent to this tiny place that he loved so much. Just think about that for a moment. While I take you to Philippians 2 verses 6 to 10, which says some shocking words. (laughs) He says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. God, in Jesus, made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself. Sorry, the creator of the universe humbled himself. I don't, I don't understand. I don't. It, it nearly brings me to tears, right? And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death. Come on guys, we've got to get this. This incredible God became obedient to death. Even death on a cross, one of the lowest deaths, if not the lowest death, a man could have. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Not sure I'll be able to continue with this. <laughs> this awesome God came to a tiny country. You think of the size of Israel compared to the rest of this tiny world. He came to a, a king, king, and did he become a prince? No, not in this world. He came to a poor family in Bethlehem, in Nazareth, born in Bethlehem, to rescue mankind. John says, just a minute, here we go. <laughs> the great barrier between us, just a minute, I've missed, mixed, I, I told you I wouldn't be able to carry on with this, it was too high. Just give me a little, I'm just going to find my right notes, just give me one second. So, yeah, okay, we're back on course. It's too much for a man, a man like me to do this. The great barrier between us and God cannot be overcome by effort, by meditation, okay? The only reason I described those two religions to you before was not to mock any religion, of course not, but to show the craziness of man to try and attain some goodness before this immense, awesome God. If we believe the Bible, which I hope you do today, we need to study it, okay? This isn't some blind faith that we have to have. God calls us to study this incredible word, word, to study this incredible book, to dig the truths out and make a decision ourselves, okay? This immense debt of sin, of us rejecting God, had to be paid. I had to be paid by a pure and spotless man. Now, there was no man to be found. One had to be sent, which is why Jesus had to come. John the Baptist said of him, 
Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist looked at Jesus and said, Here, him, that that man there, he's the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God. Even that statement blows me away. Who's going to take away the sin of the world? The Holy Anointed One became sin. Again, the English language is not it. I don't there's no languages enough to describe these things, is there? A redeemer is one who buys back another by paying the price. And we know the words of John 3, 6, 16, don't we? God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Wow, it's huge what we're talking about today. It's huge. I can't justify this in... I don't know, half an hour, but I'm doing my best. He's the creator. He's the sustainer who became a servant. The one who created the universe paid our debt on the cross. He paid for our rebellion. Have we forgotten? I think I have. I've forgotten who, how, or how great this God is. I've forgotten. And so we go on, just before I close, to Hebrews 2 verses 1 to 4, which rightly so says these words, which are a warning to us all. Okay? So we must pay careful attention. (laughs) I mean, understatement of the year, I think that is there, from the writer of Hebrews. We must pay careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. Have you been drifting? Sometimes I drift. Like a boat on, on, on the lake, which the wind catches sometimes, and I drift off course. Lord, I want to be with my sail up, with the Holy Spirit wind in it, in the right direction. Do you today? For if the message spoken by angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its full punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? I want to invite you guys. Have you paid attention to this great salvation? Do you understand this great salvation? Now obviously we we have limited brains, even though our brains are incredible. We don't understand all of this great salvation, but the Bible has made it clear that what we should do. Romans 10 verse 13 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that incredible? That's grace. The grace of, of, of our God does not tell us, right, okay, I've done my part, you do yours, make yourself holy. Make yourself fit for heaven. He doesn't say that. He says, call on me and I will save you and we'll come into relationship together. I will send my Holy Spirit to live in you and we will, do, we will start to work out holiness together. But you will never produce it in yourself without me. Because inside ourselves is nothing good. I'm sure you might have learned that by now. So just as I close, Robin, do you want to come up? Can we just stand up for a a minute? I I think we need to respond to to this mighty God. Mighty, mighty, mighty God. I'm sorry I lost my way a little bit. Sometimes it's all a bit too much when you start talking about a subject like this. Can we close our eyes? Let's just picture that wheel, that that wheel again, that, that with the spokes and the hub. Remember the hub is Jesus. And we play our part too as those spokes. 
And each one of our lives in here can glorify the hub. Each one of our lives, and you say, well, I'm so insignificant. Hey, listen, the earth is insignificant compared to the universe. But God loves each and every one of us. Firstly, I want to say, have you given your life to him? Have you, has there been a a crisis where I remember just 15 minutes, 15 metres up the road when I I heard the word of God and I knew it was truth. I stood up, I went to the front of that church and I said, whatever it is you're offering me, I want it. And my life changed from that moment. Have you had a crisis like that? If you haven't, you can do today. And this creator, this sustainer can come and live in your heart. As magnificent as that is. He can do that right today. And I would say at the end, come and talk to myself. Come and talk to Victoria. Come and talk to us because it is the greatest miracle. No more striving to be good. No more trying to get to some distant God. God comes to you in his mercy.